Welcome to the Luxury Listing Specialist Podcast with Michael Lafito, where top luxury agents reveal their best practices, plus interviews with real estate industry influencers, thought leaders, and luxury marketing experts. You'll come away from each episode with new strategies and tactics to dominate high-end homes in any market. And now for the latest episode of Luxury Listing Specialist, here's your host, luxury real estate expert, coach, and trainer, Michael Lafito. Welcome back to another Luxury Fridays. I'm your host, Michael Lafito. Uh, really excited about today's show. Uh, we have a special guest that I met a few weeks back in Las Vegas. Uh, but before I bring him on, just a quick reminder, you're in the right place. If you're a team leader, you're a broker owner, you're an individual agent, and you're looking to increase your average sale price, work in those upper price points. And uh, we bring on guests from time to time. And if you think you'd be a great guest, by all means, reach out to us. Uh, just a reminder, if you're watching a replay and you're getting value from these, leave us a comment, leave us a like. We could use more reviews if we're bringing value to you. Our guests are not paid and compensated, nor am I. We're doing this to raise the bar for the industry. So I appreciate their time. I appreciate your time watching. And uh, please, if you're getting value, the best thank you I can have is leave us a comment, leave us a like, share our Luxury Fridays with your colleagues. This is Brand Agnostic. I bring on agents from all bro brokerages locally out of the area. I'm based in the Chicagoland market, but our consulting company is a global company. With that being said, I am bringing on our first guest. Uh, I'm going to introduce Sekou Sims. Uh, Sekou, how are you today? Good, good. How are you? Good. Looking like a luxury Fridays, looking like a million dollars. I appreciate uh, you coming on here today. You and I met about, about a month ago now. It was in Vegas at a Rise uh, real estate event, and right. uh, uh, you were you were a contributor there, and uh, you had told a story about uh, about a couple which I want to talk about today. But tell everybody a little bit where you're based, uh, how long you've been licensed, and uh, we'll get right into things. Great, great. Yeah, we're based out of the uh, Phoenix metro area. Uh, we service the whole area from your Scottsdale to PV to Chandler, East Valley and West Valley, a uh, team of about 20 agents or so uh, that we work with on my team. Um, we're really client-based. Uh, I think we treat this as concierge. Uh, to us, real estate isn't really sales, even though you have sales. Uh, it's about taking care of people, understanding them, being ready when they're ready. Uh, I've been an agent for 15 years to this point, uh, full-time. Um, and it's been a great experience. It's something I've enjoyed, and uh, I enjoy working and partnering with the other agents as well. Um, and so you've been licensed, you mentioned how many years now? Uh, 15 years. Fif 15 years. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit with CQ about the Phoenix market. Uh, what are you seeing? Is it cooling down? Where are the migration? Where buyers are coming from? But before we do that, I saw Sekou share a, a great st story at this conference, and you've heard the old adage, don't judge a book by its cover. And now, of course, for mm -hmm. real estate agents, you know, with fair housing, you can't judge a book by its cover, whether it be the way they dress or skin tone or accent or language sure. spoken, what have you. But Sekou, uh, tell everybody about the story you, you shared 
with a buyer, a husband, wife, and I believe their name, his name was Rich. Her name was Greedy and their last name was Millions. So you you or your office got a call from Rich and Greedy Millions about possibly seeing a home and and other agents probably chuckled and they didn't want to touch this floor call. Is that correct? Set the stage for everybody. Yes, that is correct. Uh, at this time, I think we were on one of our platforms. We were receiving leads. Uh, the lead did come into an agent. Uh, and you're right. They they laughed and did not want to take the lead. And uh, of course, I said, just just send it over to me. I'll give them a call. So I called. He said, yes, we'll be flying out from um, out of state. Come in to take a look at homes. Uh, he flew in. Uh, we took a look at homes. They left, said, hey, we're going to sell our house and we'll give you a call in a few months. So right away, I let my office and my agents know, you guys, this is a real person. They, they responded. They flew out here. Uh, everyone questioned if I had met them, of course. Um, so I get a call a few months later. They sold their home. Uh, they flew right out here. They bought cash. Um, we wrote up the contract. Uh, I sent it to Title. We're a Title State, so I sent it to Title. And Title called me right away and said, "Hey, is this a joke?" I said, "No, no, it is not." Uh, uh, and they said, "Have you met these?" I said, "Yes, yes, I have." Uh, please. Uh, <laughs> Uh, open or even the title company was questioning once it was under contract they're they're saying hey we're seeing the names of rich and greedy millions mm -hmm. like is this legitimate uh, absolutely they questioned it immediately uh and this title company i worked with them for over 10 years so they know who i am they know our business our volume uh they called me immediately and said hey i just received this email is this is this real um and we talk about this a lot with our agents that you don't know who is there. And I think that's some of agents biggest fear luxury market, big market. We'd rather question and be unsure about who might be there versus going with it. And, and that's how we do a lot of business. So when they came in, we wrote contract, they closed right away. Um, and now here we are five, six years later, and we have closed four transactions with them so far. Um, I mean, right around 1.9 million in sales with them. Um, and we have another one pending right now. Um, so they've gone on to be what clients should be, you know, if we take care of them the right way. And that's a lot of referrals. You know, and so every, every Luxury Friday, we try to cover various topics. Sometimes it's just AMA, ask Mike anything, ask me anything. Other times we bring on various guests, as you know, if you're watching this for the first time, you wouldn't know that. But we have uh, on right now, CQ uh, Sims, he's out of the Phoenix market. And CQ just shared an amazing story how he got a floor call, his office did, from, from literally the buyer's names were Rich and Greedy Millions. And, and the reality was that people thought it was some kind of joke and they were unqualified based on their name. Even the title company, once CQ got it under contract, called him, even though he'd been working with them for some time, and questioned the name. So again, this is judging a, a, a buyer by their name, but sometimes we shouldn't judge a book by its cover. We've learned that from an early age at elementary school, but human beings do, right? And so it's not right and you can't do it as a code of ethics. You, you have to treat all parties equally, all buyers agents equally, all listing agents equally. This is a good reminder for not just SACU's team, but also your team that's watching or listening to this, as well as all of our 
our listeners out there. I've had sellers have prejudged buyers based on, you know, when I represent a seller, they look at the security camera. Oh, they're not qualified. So how, how do you know that? You know, and so um, a couple of questions I want to ask you about the Phoenix market specifically. Every market is different. Uh, like yeah. downtown Chicago, there's no lock boxes on average price condos or average price single family listing agent needs the company, but uh, the showing, but in the suburbs here in the Chicagoland market, I'd say about 1.5 million and above, you start seeing no lock boxes, maybe one, two in some markets, maybe two in others, but you see no lock boxes and listing agent or a team on someone on their team needs to accompany, you know, in the Phoenix market, again, not holding you to it, but at what sure. price point are you seeing that, you know, if there's really no lock box, and the listing agent or representative is there to meet the buyer and their agent. What what price point out of curious in your market? I, I would say you're in that two million range is where you start to see that. Okay. Uh, and growing up, where you're requesting, you know, proof of funds, things like this prior mm -hmm. to showing. Uh, that's kind of the breaking point here. And and I, I know you work with a lot of buyers. Uh, I work with a lot of sellers. Uh, share with me. If if you got a call uh, from me and I want to see a two million dollar property, a two eight, uh, a, a property that the listing agent will require proof of funds, how does that conversation go if we were to role play? Yes, I think it's about being transparent. You know, um, I think agents right away they will get scared or run away from the conversation, but just being transparent in the communication that hey. This is what this particular seller is requiring to view. Uh, so we will need these items uh, to get access to the property. You know, we always talk about getting the information, bringing it back to your client versus making up what you want it to be or what you think it should be. Yeah. Um, you know, just being honest, just, just go get the information, bring it back. That way it's always the truth and it's always clear of the expectation. Yeah, that's a, that's a great, great point. Uh, be transparent, communicate effectively. Uh, at what price point in your market? I know it probably varies listing to listing, but what price point do you see proof of funds are required? Is it probably that $2 million same price point where the lockboxes disappear? Yeah, I think sometimes you can go a little higher, maybe in the three and up here, um, depending on the area, if you're Paradise Valley. Sure, that may not be required until you're a lot higher mm -hmm. um, versus maybe your suburbs, Goodyear, you can go to possibly 2 million and not be requested that. It just depends okay. on the area. But Scottsdale, PV, yes, more common. Good. Uh, by the way, for those of you that are watching, I do have another guest on that will be coming on here in a few minutes, Salvador out of Florida. He's got a really cool listing. He's got a, a basketball court. It's a stale listing. And Salvador, make sure um, you, I know, I, I know you're in the waiting room. Make sure you type in the website where we can view that as well in the comments section. Um, and I'll make sure to bring that on sta stage when I bring you on. So, uh, CQ, tell me a little bit about the market in Phoenix uh, overall. Is it a buyer's market? Is it a balanced market? Is it a seller's market? And what was it just a few months ago? Are we trending, slowing down? Tell me a little bit about what you're seeing in that Phoenix market. Sure. We've changed a lot to more of a necessity buyer uh, at the majority of the price ranges. Uh, you go back to February of this year, I believe we had 2,900 homes available. 
uh, listings, uh, which I had never seen before in, in my 15 years. Uh, fast forward to now, was right that on now, the high end, way too many, or not enough? Uh, oh, extremely low, extremely okay, low. 2900 is low. Okay, yes, I had not seen under maybe 8,000 since I had been an agent. Wow. Um, so that was scarcity uh, at that time. Uh, now, um, once interest rates started to rise, it brought a lot more volume. We're just breaking over 20,000 um, now. So Wait, so you went from February, you know, call, call it nine months ago, let's keep mm -hmm. it real simple, 3,000 listings in your MLS yeah. to 20,000 right now. That's correct. And where were you pre-pandemic? What was the average? Where were you on normal? 10,000? Yeah, I would say we're eight to 10. So you're double the inventory right now. Yes. Okay. So, so the buyers are necessity buyers. In other words, they have to move because it sounds like it's a buyer's market is what you're telling me. And a buyer's market, buyers can dictate not necessarily terms, but many times terms or closing costs and, and, they're in the driver's seat a little bit more, correct? Yes, that that is correct. I mean, I won't I won't say any names, but you have a lot of uh, your hedge fund and I buyers who, uh, once we started to get some inventory, they cut prices by as much as fifty, a hundred thousand on all of their listings. Um, wow. So then it was kind of a race to undercut the other sellers to see who could sell first. Wow, uh, you know, I have. Uh... I have a, an image on the screen right now. It's a little bit of real estate humor. I got a lot of comments on it yesterday, so I'm going to share it on the screen. Uh, it was a little bit of a meme slash humor, but paying 7% at $30,000 under list is better for a buyer than paying 100000 over asking at 2.99%. Let that <laughs> sink in with Elon Musk there. And I got a lot of people commenting on that. And the okay. point I was trying to make is, in February, let's just say Phoenix right now. In Phoenix, yes. there were 3,000 homes on the market. And you were sharing with me about the average is around 550-ish or 600. Is that correct? Sure, sure. Absolutely. Okay. So let's just say 550. So in February, you know, when there was only 2,900 homes on the market and rates were really good, that $550,000 buyer, they could have paid 600 or 650 easily. Is that correct, CQ? That is correct. So let's just say they paid six fifty, and they mm -hmm. put twenty percent down. Twenty percent down on six fifty is one hundred and thirty grand, and they paid six fifty. Now today, let's say that person bought that versus somebody buying the one next door today. Someone buying the one next door today, when there's twenty thousand homes on the market, they might be that five hundred fifty thousand dollar home might sell for five hundred. Is that? Fair to say? That's secure. correct. Yes. So now they got $150,000 more equity. They're putting down a hundred grand versus 130. So $30,000 less. Okay. They out of pocket. They got 150 grand more equity if they go to sell in three to five to seven years. Now their interest rate might be 7% versus 2.99. So their monthly payment might be, even if it's a thousand dollars more a month, Remember, they saved $30,000 in down payment. So it would take them 30 months, or i.e. two and a half years exactly, before that house would cost them more per month out of pocket. And oh, by the way, they got 150 grand more in equity today than buying it before. So again, for those people that commented on my 
my comments saying the numbers don't make sense, Mike. You were looking at just apples versus apples on a monthly payment. You weren't looking at the fact that this buyer saved 30 grand out of pocket up front and it's going to take them two and a half years before it starts costing them more per month. And that didn't even factor all the equity. So that's just a good, simple reminder for those of you that only look at numbers or percentages or monthly payment, but there's a whole lot of other factors that come into play. Would you like to add to that at all, Say Q? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think credit unions in a big way have come in and saved the day uh, here. Um, we got a quote yesterday on a property right around 800. I think the uh, down payment was 100,000 down and they were, um, I think the rate they originally had received was right around 8%. Okay. Uh, they went to the credit union instead. The credit union was offering a different product, a portfolio product, okay. uh, which had them coming in with, um, I think, 3% down and an interest rate of 5.6. So creativity is important today. And credit yes. unions, uh, boutique banks, a lot of times are, have flexibility where your chases and your big banks don't. Uh, check with a, a lender or real estate broker. Uh, on that. So some really good points. Um, I pre appreciate you sharing those with me. Anything else that you'd like to add about the Phoenix market or don't judge a book by its cover? Or in this case, don't judge the buyers, rich and greedy millions by their first and last name. Yes. I mean, we're, we're we talk a lot about uh, understanding who's in front of you, uh, taking care of people, understanding what's important to them. Uh, giving them a benefit of the doubt, regardless of price range, um, because it's true. You don't know. Um, we talk about accepting every price range in leads. Uh, I had one of our new agents received a lead that was supposedly 250,000. Uh, but when she got on the phone, the gentleman said, Hey, I also need a tennis court. That's a must have. And she said, okay, do you have a budget? He said, no. Uh, and she ended up showing the first house at 5.9 million. Wow. So you know, we talk about this over and over because it's so important to uh, respect people, who they are, and be open. Just just go with it, and, and you'll benefit from taking care of people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. By the way, you scream luxury agent the way you hold yourself, you carry yourself, you speak, you dress. Um, I appreciate your time, and uh, maybe we can come out there and do a luxury training out by you. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you again for having me. Yeah, and so I'm putting on the screen right now, uh, it, it's Seiku's first name. Uh, you pronounce it like Seiku, but it's spelled like you see on the screen, S-E-Y-O-U-E, -E, and that's his website. Uh, if you want to know about the Phoenix market or you got a referral, look up my friend Seiku. Uh, Seiku Sims, I appreciate your time today. No problem. Thank you again, Michael. I appreciate it. Make it a great day. If you guys have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me. Again, my email, the best way to find shoot, shoot me an email is the best way to get a touch of me. My staff looks it over. Sometimes they reply on my behalf. But Michael at MarketingLuxuryGroup.com. Michael at MarketingLuxuryGroup.com. I appreciate all of your time. You guys, you are watching a, and listening to a LuxuryFridays.com. And there's a ton of free resources we provide if you go to JoinLuxGroup.com. JoinLuxGroup.com. Appreciate all your guys' time. Again, our podcast is Luxury Listing Podcast. Uh, we are releasing 
new episodes uh, for a month. Let us know what questions you have there. And for whatever you do, do it your all and build others up. You know, it's amazing how much we have in common if we just turn the news off and we have conversations with our neighbors. Love is love. Coexist is coexist, even if somebody votes differently than you. My name is Michael Lafito. Keep raising the bar, and I appreciate everybody's time. Make it a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. Prove others wrong.